Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show, and this show is for anyone that has a passion uh, for making more than one person healthier in this world. It it could be groups, it could be you could be a health insurance carrier, you can be a provider, a hospital, you could uh, have a group of people doing CrossFit in a parking lot somewhere, or doing yoga or meditation classes. Does not matter. Uh, we talk about the full spectrum, uh, large and small. Uh, it's all about changing lives and um, we're always talking about different fringe topics in health. Um, I'm really excited to have Jason Grace on the call from Triple Tree. And uh, but before I steal his thunder and go too much in depth about his background, um, I'd love. Well, first of all, Jason, welcome to the show, and maybe you can tell our listeners Thanks, a little bit about your origin. Yeah, great to be with you. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, as Anthony mentioned, I'm a managing director at Triple Tree, which is a uh, exclusively healthcare-focused investment banking firm. And we represent uh, primarily high-growth companies in the healthcare IT and healthcare services market. So I've been at Triple Tree now um, for over 10 years. Um, and over that time, it's just been such a fun part of my life to see the, the change and in innovation occurring in, in healthcare. Um, and I've specifically focused a lot of my time over that period in the general theme of population health. So it was great to get invited to speak with Anthony today. And, and um, you know, as a firm, um, you know, we provide um, mergers and acquisition advisory services. Uh, we help companies with recapitalizations and capital raises and, and sales to strategic companies. Um, and we're, we really pride ourselves on, on being thought leaders in the healthcare market. And, and that's that's uh, the reputation that we built, and we're we're really we're really proud of. My background is is in technology. I before Triple Tree, I worked for a couple of different uh, software companies and data analytics companies uh, and consulting companies, all focused in technology. So it's fun to be able to work with those types of businesses uh, uh, in an advisory capacity and and continue to be part of of the innovation occurring in the healthcare market. No, that's great, Jason. No, I really appreciate that overview and. Um, I guess for, you know, our listeners, um, you know, obviously Triple Tree sees so much uh, probably volume in different um, healthcare organizations, new and older, that are looking to expand their services and, and lots of themes of innovation. Um, what are a couple of themes or maybe one theme of innovation in healthcare uh, that has you really excited these days? Yeah, I mean, Anthony, as you know, the the... the size of the opportunity in healthcare is just so vast and um, each incremental improvement we can make is is really material, especially in the U.S. where the um, healthcare has become such a large part of our overall economy, almost 20% of GDP. Uh, increasing cost in healthcare is not sustainable for, for the U.S. society. Um, and, and, we, and we also know that Cost is not doesn't you know higher costs don't e doesn't equal quality. So what I get really passionate about is just the creating efficiency in the system and and efficiency um, causes us to look across the system and, and find ways to deliver care that oftentimes is going to be better quality as well. Um, and so that that's part of what gets me excited is let's not just throw more and more money at the problem. Let's figure out how to do it right so that. Um, our, our society really benefits from the great uh, spirit and history of innovation we have in this country um, and, and to make our, our population as, as healthy as possible. 
Great. No, that, that helps. I, I agree totally. You know, um, you know, the, the 20%, you know, US GDP, totally not sustainable. And it, it, it represents an underlying, you know, fundamental problem. And, uh, you know, feels like there's some, some, you know, new programs at a, you know, a CMS level, obviously, that's helped ushering in uh, opportunities to correct things and make it more value-based. But maybe you can touch upon, um, you know, one or two efficiencies that might be in play currently, or maybe kind of the, the world according to Jason, if you could, you know, have a blank sheet of paper and draw out some new efficiencies, you know, what would they be? So that's great. I mean, the nice thing about my job at Triple Tree is we get to see so, as you mentioned, so much innovation happening. You know, small companies that can become material enterprises uh, pretty quickly because they find a niche and and an efficiency to bring into the system, um, and 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 that catches hold, and and it's exciting to be part of those those businesses. I think you know you mentioned a lot of the efforts being uh, implemented by CMS, and it's really a case where the government has has um, provided the impetus for a lot of innovation and and new ways to think about care. So um, I am a big fan um, of of care being really coordinated and. Um, through the primary care physician. And so the models where there are primary care physicians, um, whether those are hospital-based physician or independent physicians that are investing in an infrastructure, in capabilities to manage their patients, not just when they come in because they're sick, but to manage those patients um, outside the clinic or outside the hospital. Um, to make sure they don't have to come in, to make sure they don't have a hospitalization. So those, those programs can be on site within the clinic where they're building out additional nursing staff and additional social workers, behavioral health staff, um, where the patients can come in and get additional support beyond just their physician, or a lot of different types of telephonic programs um, mm-hmm. that, that the, the staff, either the physician is, is working with directly in their clinic or uh, they may be using an outsourced vendor um, to be following up with patients that need extra help, that need reminders, that need to get some uh, coaching or counseling. Um, and, and that coordination with the physician, I think, is really important. As you know, Anthony, there, there are also a lot of apps out there that are mm-hmm. um, you know, popping up every day. Um, and I think, again, if you can coordinate those, if the physician can coordinate those apps uh, and the nursing staff to, co- to coordinate and help the patients learn how to use those, um, you know, where there's bi-directional communication through these apps with, the, with your um, healthcare staff uh, and the patient, and in many cases, the family members as well, um, those are models that I really like and, and I hope... Um, catch hold because I know in my personal family experience, a lot of those tools would be really effective if you could get all of the different caregivers um, using using them and coordinating through them. Yeah. No, this is, this is great. Um, A great topic. And I think you mentioned a good keyword there um, on infrastructure and then philosophically the shift to the primary care is a big, you know, trend you start to hear a lot of, um, uh, when you think of infrastructure and kind of enabling the primary care physician to operate a lot more modern in a modern way and more efficient, you, you also, on the other side, on the supply side, you do have a lot of startups, innovations coming up with either, 
you know, a, a one-off diabetes app or, or kind of a next generation, you know, EHR, um, you have telephonic solutions, you have augmented reality, you have all these different new themes coming to, uh, how does a primary care, um, entity, you know, consume this or rationalize what are the right infrastructure pieces? Is there a bottleneck there? You know, um, is it more of, it just needs to be packaged more appropriately? Um, cause it does feel like there's so many new solutions out there. Um, and you know, I just love for you to comment on that or just maybe you can share your mental model for, for how you think of, of, uh, you know, services at that layer and, you know, where you think they need to be at. Yeah, well, we, we think about that a lot, Anthony. And as you can imagine, um, the physician community, um, whether they're independent groups or hospitals um, that, that are owning physicians, are being bombarded with so many innovative solutions um, that, that you're right. It's hard for them to rationalize even what these things can do, how would they work in their environment, um, and, and whether they should spend the money on it, um, you know. That that's not been the traditional model for a lot of physician groups is to, you know, buy technology. That they, they had to really be incented through uh, high tech act to get EMRs in place, mm-hmm. um, and and many of them, as you know, still um, still are reluctant to buy into those those systems. So it is really hard. I think um, the the companies that are successful in my opinion are ones that know exactly what they can do well and package that that solution um well to explain it to the providers and ex- and help them see how it can work into their workflow i think changing physician workflow is really challenging mm-hmm. um and so um either making sure that the the non-physician staff at the clinic understands how they can use it and that it that increases their efficiency or it helps them improve care um, or that it fits directly into the workflow that they already have. Those are critical and, and not selling beyond your capabilities. I think, you know, um, there are a lot of companies out there that say they can do a lot of different things. Um, mm-hmm. Stick to, stick to what you do well to start right. and, and then build out from there. I think it, it's hard uh, there. It's hard to sell something and then, Spend the time to implement it if, if your, your, your solution requires implementation. And then uh, it doesn't really meet the customer's needs. That's just a, a big frustration for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those are a couple things. I, I think the other part is, you know, I mentioned implementation. And solutions that can plug in with minimal upfront effort um, are, you know, reduce the barriers to, uh, to the sale. And so mm-hmm. how, how do you kind of fit within an infrastructure um, that may already exist uh, with minimal disruption uh, so that it doesn't take you know, a year and all kinds of internal IT from the customer to get something up and running? Mm-hmm. Now, Jason, yeah, this is really powerful. And it's a, it's, I think it's a big theme that comes up even more and more these days. You, know, you have the entrenched EMRs and EHRs out there um, you know, obviously a large portion of the market shifts to the, the top five or seven, right? Um, when you look at these integrated solutions or these new solutions, do you have a philosophy that these, these solutions that do one thing well need to be packaged and bundled? How are you thinking about the packaging and bundling? Do you think they need to be 
you have to integrate with the Cerner or Epic for that for it to have optimal flow. Or obviously, if it's a primary care physician, they might be using something like Greenway or or something like that. Um, how are you thinking about bundling? And then when you say integration, is that more and not to get into you know techno babble, but are, is that more on an API from an API perspective or just a really good solid you know export import process? Yeah. All right. Well, so there was a lot, a lot in that question. That was seventeen questions in one day. No, but it's it's a good. No, they're they're good questions. I think first of all, the data is really important. Part of the reason we can do what we're trying to start to do today Mm -hmm. is um, because there is now data available. Now, how do you get Mm -hmm. that data into the hands of the people who need to, uh, or either in the into the hands of the algorithms that help? a few of the processes and the workflow that people are trying to implement. And frankly, most of the stuff that's going on today successfully is, is not really using too much of the EMR data, but it's re- using claims data uh, from mm-hmm. the plans or for, from Medicare. Um, and, and just that, just giving the physician community access to the Medicare data, if you want to just start there, is a mm-hmm. huge leap forward and a huge value. Uh, you know, think about... Um, a primary care physician who's sitting with a patient um, and and they're going through gaps in care and they see, um, well, you haven't had your mammogram, um, you know, recently. And, but the patient has had a mammogram. It was just not within the, the, the system that um, the primary care physician is using. Well, that's going to show up in the claims data. Um, so that's a, that's a simple example that if the, um, if the patient, if the physician, the primary care physician can have access to the Medicare claims data for their Medicare patients and see what's going on and rationalize what's going on outside of their uh, walls, outside of their EMR, um, mm-hmm. that's that's just a huge additional ad- advantage to what we were, you know, what was happening a couple years ago, um, and and that doesn't have to be a real time integration. That can be a um, you know. There, there are a lot of different tools out there um, that allow you to bring in that data, rationalize it, build dashboards um, to be able to see, uh, and then hopefully import your EMR data as well to be able to create that complete picture of a patient. And, mm. and so I think if we just get to that point where you can, for your patients, uh, meld your EMR data and your claims data to, and your patient's claims data to get a full picture, that will take us a long way as an, as an initial step. You're right. It, it, it goes against what I said about these you know, point solutions sticking to what they're good at because you can't have 100 different point solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, so this does get into you know, stratification of your patients and what are the right solutions for what uh, types of patients. We, we went through a, a phase 10 years ago where you had these... Uh, disease management companies that were doing really well and they had specific disease management programs for specific diseases and as we know the 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 patients are not one disease they're they especially the ones that are um that are the most uh, sick and the most costly to the system have multiple chronic conditions that you have to manage as a patient overall not necessarily disease by disease but but you that doesn't mean that you can't have a really slick diabetes app that people with diabetes but also five other chronic conditions could mm-hmm. benefit from and use. Mm-hmm. And so how do you decide who are the right patients uh, for that app versus um, the five other things that may be useful? 
and 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 so there's still experimentation to do there, um, and different different physicians, different uh, care providers will find different things that they like best um, and that work for them. And I think there's so much opportunity out there. There's there's a lot of um, runway for a lot of different types of solutions. The, eventually, there will be more and more coordination and more and more standardization, but we're still in the early stages mm-hmm. of figuring out what that's going to look like. Now, this is this is great, Jason. Um, I guess just to follow up to that is, you know, when you look at these point solutions and we, we talk about apps, we talk about websites and technologies, but, you know, when you're really looking at this new world of fee-for-value where, you know, it's really these high, high acuity on a, you know, acuity scale that are driving a lot of the cost, a lot of the care, and, you know, you, you, you've got multiple conditions going on. So obviously the person with that got a hip surgery, you know, may have diabetes, you know, congestive heart failure as well, or vice versa, or the person with a certain oncology condition um, also has diabetes and might be obese. Um, but, but sometimes you're also talking about the geriatric population that may not have access to to websites or smartphones, um, are, are you starting to develop kind of a, a mindset on what those solutions should start to look like, or at least attributes, or if any of those attributes are important for for new entrants in this market or existing incumbents to think about? You know, just the way you reach the right person, you know, uh, with the right the right content or or experience. Yeah. Um spend a lot of time thinking about that. Um, it's, it's not an easy answer, but a couple, mm-hmm. a couple of themes that, you know, what you went just through, what, what you just went through brought to my mind. Uh, you know, you don't always have to deal directly with the patient to make an impact. So um, as, um, you know, post-acute services in the home, in alternative sites, um, in... Um, in you know nursing home facilities um, expand uh, you know first of all let's get the caregivers the tools they can use to uh, treat their uh, patients better um, and how do you get their family members involved as well how do you communicate more effectively with the family to help uh, get them involved in the care to, to create that linkage to make them feel like they can do something to help, uh, to keep that the 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 communication between family members going, uh, you know, so much of that is, uh, you know, especially when your parents or your grandparents are getting older, just you know, it can, it can get tough. And how do you, uh, you know, encourage um, those family members to just stay involved and communicate with their loved one? That can help their the loved one's health so dramatically just just to feel their presence, feel that they care, feel that they're part of the family. And so mm-hmm. um, both in enabling the caregiver um, through the better technology, enabling and, and engaging the family, and then certainly um, you know what what is the right way to um, to interact with the elderly patient as well, I think. Um, I, I don't know that not all of them are tech savvy. Um, mm-hmm. There are different devices and different types of facilities. You know, we remember the 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 those uh, you know web TV from I don't know when was that was like ten years ago. There so right. there are different right. models you can alert. Um, you know, you can you can you can get to and you know hardware heavy models are tough, but but 
but the barriers for breaking down and getting it onto a TV screen with things like you know Google Chrome or Apple you know Apple TV things like that, um, Google Chromecast. I meant, um, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, it's it's so much easier to 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 get access to to hardware um, today. So uh, I think there are, there I don't have specific solutions that are doing things like that, but I, I think that there will there are and will be ways to interact with those patients who may not want to go into a an app on their iPhone. Yeah, no, this is, this is great, Jason. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, that your perspective here. I think that sheds a lot of light on, you know, the opportunities and, you know, a good contrast of the way kind of, it was almost just not too far, you know, not too long ago, two or three years ago. Um, and things are really cha- changing rapidly. Um, you know, Jason, obviously, um, kind of more of a personal question. So, you know, I know you have a lot of, uh, seems like you have a lot of passion for, for healthcare, for innovation and, and obviously the triple tree culture. I mean, that, that it, it just, you know, it's kind of a resounding theme. Um, what really draw, drew you to the space? I mean, do you feel like you can get out of bed and be as passionate about other areas outside of, of healthcare or, you know, what, just wondering if there's, you know, something that draws you, you know, to the space. I know for me, you know, I've lost, a father to heart disease. I lost a, a best friend uh, to something called sarcoidosis, and so there's a you know there's a deeper reason why you know I try and do what I do. But just wondering if um, what draws you to this area of healthcare? Yeah, well, Anthony, we we all have our personal experiences and and, and stories uh, regarding the healthcare system, and 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 I think we all find, see that there are ways that things could be done better. Um, and, and I just feel that that opportunity is so vast, uh, mm-hmm. so, so great. And, and, um, and, and that innovation is, is so exciting in this area because it impacts people, you know, mm-hmm. you can have, uh, you know, the next Uber come along and, and it's really cool. And, and I, it's a lot more convenient for me to get picked up from the airport or a lot less expensive for me to, to, to get a ride somewhere, um, mm-hmm. But the innovation in healthcare impacts people so much more, um, yeah. and really helps people live their lives. and And that's so exciting to be part of, of that innovation, that change, um, and there and the opportunity to, to to make those changes and the value that comes from the, the innovation is um, just really rewarding when you see that uh, you know see something actually get implemented and, and work. You know, yeah. You know, you you work with a with a company that that's doing analytics in the hospital to identify, you know, and prevent hospital acquired infections, you know, you're saving someone, you're helping to save someone's life. Right. Um, that, that you can't get much better than that. Yep. Yeah. Amen. No, it's, it's, it's so true. Yeah. It does feel like, um, and I've tried, you know, I've tried to look at other sectors and subjects. Um, you know, when you're talking about health, you're really, it's, it's synonymous with life and, you know, the way someone lives their life and, um, it definitely feels like the thing, um, other things for me, at least I can say for me, you know, like whether it's finance or other topics or like, uh, you know, on demand technologies, it, those feel like things that get you to the things, but health, you know, really does feel like the core of, uh, you know, propelling, you know, humanity forward. So, um, Jason, this was, uh, you know, really great. I know we try and keep these calls, um, you know, short, I just wanted to say, uh, Jason, love to have you back on the show. We, um, I think this was a powerful conversation. I think you drew our thinking into some really interesting areas. And um, what's a good way for our 
listeners to get a hold of you or interact with you online if you would if you would like, Jason? Yeah, so at, at Triple Tree, we have a blog. It's at our website, triple-tree.com. Um, uh, my contact information is there as well. And so uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun to participate uh, with this, uh, with you, Anthony, here today and, and look forward to doing it again in the future. Great, great. Well, Jason, thank you so much. Thanks for being on the show. And to our listeners, this was uh, the Pop Health Show episode 19, 20, or 21, one of those. But thank you so much for listening and uh, have a great one, everyone. Thanks so much. Have a so great much. day. Take care.